Welcome to Silver Streak News, episode 13. Thank you so much for joining us today. We're going to start off with a segment of Around Town and then go to an all-new segment of Sherlock Logan. And then we're going to have an interview with the one and only founder of Silver Streak News, Mr. Moore. And then finishing us off, we're going to have a nice interview with Mr. Hoffarth about graduation. And with that, we're off to Around Town. Welcome back to Around Town. I'm here today at the Osakis Creamery. While at the Creamery, I interviewed Tanya Inslee. The Creamery was first founded in 1909 by 12 patrons. These farmers decided that they wanted to get a better price for their purchases. And so they got together and just decided that they were going to start a co-op and that's kind of what started this co-op. For the past century, the creamery has constantly been expanding and it now has up to 5,500 patrons. The creamery does a lot to provide for local farmers. So we provide um, all of their ground beans, fertilizer, chemicals, seed, um, and we check in with them constantly making sure that their crops are doing well because we want them all to succeed. And then we also provide feed for their livestock. We also carry dog foods, cat foods, any of your pet needs, um, health supplies, animal health supplies if you need medications for your animals. We also have a little bit of a retail area with milk, butter, cheese. Tanya believes that the COVID-19 pandemic has had an effect on business. Um, it has affected the retail side the most. We've definitely slowed down there. Um, I think people have been calling in their orders more than we've had in the past. So it's kind of changed our way of doing things too and a lot more over the phone, a lot more to that end. Um, as far as the agronomy and the feed side, I don't think the business has really gotten affected yet. I think we'll see that down the road. Other than the coronavirus, the creamery has also faced other minor challenges in the past. The biggest challenge is weather. Uh, last spring we had a very wet spring, so that definitely affected the planting and it affected all the farmers as far as getting out in the fields and stuff. We had a very short window of time where everybody could get out there. Um, and just the economic changes, everybody is struggling right now. I mean, the farmers are not getting the prices they need for the supplies that they're supplying, which in turn affects us because they don't have the funds to be able to purchase the way that they need to or want to. Despite this, the Osakis Creamery is doing a lot to support our community. We have done a few local donations. Um, actually, the high school, we're donating to all the seniors um, some ice cream for them just to kind of help maybe ease a little bit of a burden of and give them a little some joy from all of this mess. Um, we also will support some of the local restaurants and stuff by, by purchasing gift certificates. The creamery also picks up milk for farmers. They ship local milk to the Bondard plant to have milk processed into cheese or butter. Tanya's favorite part about working at the creamery is the variety of people she gets to encounter. It's nice to see all the friendly faces. I mean, and working with the customers is it, it's just a rewarding aspect of the job is being able to recognize somebody and see how their crops are growing, see how their animals are doing, um, and just helping them thrive. It's a good, it's a real good feeling to be able to help somebody else succeed at their life and their livelihood. Finally, 
Tanya wants the Osikis community to know that the Creamery is always here for the community. Whatever it might be, then they just need to stop in and sit down and talk with us and we're here for them. We know that during the whole COVID-19 thing, this is a hard time for everybody and however we can help them, we're here. Thank you for joining me today. See you next year around town. Stories you've wanted deciphered. Questions you've wanted answered. Puzzles you've wanted solved. One man is there to get things straight. Sherlock Logan. Good day, my dear Watsons, and welcome. I'm Sherlock Logan, <clears throat> and I'm not British. Today I'm going to talk about the Silver Streaks. It's probably obvious that Osaka's Public Schools has one of the most unique mascot names in the world, the Silver Streaks. We carry a load of individualism with that name, but at least certainly for me, some confusion as well. In one sense, there seems to be conflicting ideas over what the name represents, a lightning bolt, a locomotive, a silver mine? In another sense, because of this unknown entity, the best logo we can come up with is a red O. As detective, I was unsatisfied with the situation and set out to research the history behind this uncharted title. My original question was, what is or was a silver streak? I interviewed several staff members of the high school to hear their take on the issue. Gosh, Logan, I wish I would have done my, my fact checking beforehand. I'm not sure. Uh, Silver Streak, uh, our, our, our logo basically was named after a train that went through Osakis. The Silver Streak uh, comes from a train that used to come through the town a long time ago. At least that's what I was told. My understanding is that it had to do with a train that used to come through town when we actually had a train track here. Mm -hmm. That is my understanding. I, I don't know a whole lot more beyond that. I'm guessing that would have been the name of the locomotive. So it's safe to say that a great majority of the community probably believes in the train idea. But before we jump into what a Silver Streak is, let me first uncover the history of the name. Osakis High School was founded in 1867, and their first mascot was the Indians. This remained until 1945 to 46, when, under the influence of Osakis High School teachers Angie and Blanche Pergel, the name was changed. The Pergels were born and raised in Minnesota, and spent their teaching careers in the state, but were by no means average Minnesotans. Principal Brad Hoffar, who was fortunate enough to meet them, claims that they were ultra-progressive and far ahead of their time in their thinking and lifestyle. Yeah, and then and they were a good 40 years ahead of, uh, ahead of their time. So I graduated from high school in 1989, and at that time there were still a number of high schools that had, that had uh, Native American mascots, and they were in the process of probably discussing changes, and not until the late 80s or early 90s did you start to see more changes happening. Out of sensitivity for the Native American populations in Minnesota, the Purgles initiated the change to abstain from an Indian name and create something more contemporary. To put that in perspective, 
It was 1988 by the time the state of Minnesota discouraged Indian mascots for possible offense. That means our small community surpassed it by over 40 years. That is incredibly groundbreaking for the time period, and Osakis, if not already, should be hailed as a pioneer in doing so. But the question still remains, what is a silver streak, and why that name above any other? As we learned from the staff, most people believe that the silver streak was the train that passed through Douglas County and Osakis during the 20th century. This certainly could be part of the basis for the name, but I was unable to find any documentation that the individual train was known as a silver streak. But I did have a chance to meet at an awards ceremony within the last decade, and I had asked her the question because I too have heard many conflicting reports. There was a train that used to run through town that was a passenger train, and many people thought that it may have been that our mascot was named after that train. And that wasn't the case at all. And in their, in her uh, explanation, it was just something that was new, it was trendy, and that's, that's why they went with uh, Silver Street. Instead, we need to look at context clues outside of Minnesota. In 1934, the movie The Silver Streak was released, which was loosely based on the story of a diesel-electric train known as the Pioneer Zephyr. It shocked the world when it made a speed record travel between Denver and Chicago, and it certainly would have been a national sensation even years down the road. Another hint at the name would be Galesburg, Illinois, where portions of the Silver Streak film were shot. Shortly after the movie was completed, the Galesburg High School was so impressed that they decided to change their high school athletics team name to the Silver Streaks, which Osakis certainly could have adopted as well. One final clue would be that Blanche Pergel did work for the Southern Pacific Railroad immediately before taking up teaching at Osakis. This ensures further that she would have known and been fond of the pioneer's effort, and it was easy game for inspiration for the name change. I can confidently conclude that the Silver Streak is a train. Though the name may not have reflected the train that went through town, it certainly would have been well understood, trendy, and very cool for its time. So, Osakis, the O is great, but now that we know who we are, let's take pride in it. I was notified that about 15 years ago, some art students proposed a logo change. Maybe that isn't so far-fetched. <clears throat> in closing, let me offer an intimidating chant for our athletic rivals. Get off the trucks, because the Silver Streak is coming. Welcome. Uh, today I have Stan Moore, the tech integrationist at Osaka's Public School and also the founder of the news team. So what, what made you want to uh, bring a news team together? Thanks, Sandra, for having me on here. Uh, this is a little different being on this side of it. Yeah, bringing the news uh, to the school was a, one of my goals was to kind of build a culture of the school. We already had a good culture going on and good positive feedback from the community. But I wanted to tell more of the story of the students and inside the walls. But uh, we just didn't have anything in place. Our social media still needed to be built up. We were starting to do that better. And, uh, we needed something where the students led the conversation for the great things happening in our school. So that was the, the biggest thing. Is I also saw some examples from other schools which really helped uh, bring some new ideas that I had for it. 
uh, but the, the groundwork was basically finding uh, students that had the time, uh, which many don't because time can be uh, probably the biggest factor in, in not having something like this going. So that was it. Uh, what do you think has been the greatest challenge to starting this entire thing? The greatest challenge, and I said a little bit on that, is time. Because when you're basically starting something, I guess it could be considered like a club, you want to make sure students buy in. We want them to believe that it's something that's special they can contribute to, but it's also something that is additional to their workload already with the curriculum and extracurricular activities after school. Uh, we really wanted to, I wanted to find uh, students that felt they could fit this in and then with this new uh, situation with, with distance learning we found that uh, Zoom has really contributed to helping us reach one another even outside the walls so that's been a, a big factor um, time and the tools that we need to be able to tell the news inside the school. And uh, what do you think your future plans for the news team will be? I'm glad you asked this because a lot of the, the things that are great about this program so far is you students that are doing it, the four of you that have really, like I said, bought into it, you put your heart into it. Uh, right now we do it weekly, uh, but I know there's extra time that you spend outside that one day on a Wednesday uh, evening trying to get it put together for a Thursday morning release. Uh, I would like to see just continue to be creative in new topics. I would like to probably have, I, I wanna see us do a little bit more of a talk show version, which we're kind of doing. I want it to be positive. I, I, the whole idea of this was to, to really stay positive and tell the good things happening with the school and continue to grow and use the great strengths that you guys as the students, that the driving force to this are, are come, up, come up with and really work together to create quality content that our community likes and also that you guys have fun doing. And uh, for anybody that wants to know, who can join the news team? Right now, it was kind of a, a pursue thing. I, I looked for some students that were interested, and again, some of the things became a time factor. We've had other students that were interested, and it just became kind of a uh, crunch, a time crunch for them. But uh, in the middle of the year, we had a, a situation where it was reached out uh, through Schoology and some students came and, um, and you were one of them and from there we built upon that but the future of this uh, in regards to who can join I don't want to say no to anyone I and mean, it should never be a situation where a student can't contribute to such a thing like this so uh, we're, I'm working on that piece right um, with that and finding the strengths of students that uh, want to be a part of it can still contribute and, and do that. And it's a matter of if you don't want to be on the screen like we are right now, we can also have an alternative behind the scenes editing and sound person. And there's a lot of neat ways to, to run a news or a, a talk show type theme. So, that's plan. So, uh, thank you for sparing some time to be interviewed for this. Uh, okay. it, it, it's been great having you here. And you keep up the good work too, Xander. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Hello, Mr. Hoffarth, and thank you for being here with me today. Good morning, Tom. It's always a pleasure to be a guest on Silver Streak News. And today we will be going over uh, the timeline for graduation. So, why don't you tell us a little bit about that, Mr. Hoffarth? Well, it's been weeks in the making as far as 
as far as the timeline for Friday night. Uh, starting at six o'clock, uh, the seniors and their parents have a staggered schedule to arrive at the athletic complex. So the 58 seniors are broken to more or less groups of 10. And those 10 students are arranged alphabetically and they'll arrive in five minute increments. During that time, the award winners, academics, scholarships, they're going to be aired on KMGK 107.1. So the graduates and their parents can be listening to graduation related information while they're, they're checking in. When the students check in, they are in their own vehicle with their parents, no other uh, in respect to social distancing, uh, can't have um, other people in the vehicle. So it's just the, the student and their parents. And with that, each student is gonna receive um, basically a, a package. And that package is going to have any end of the year awards that they would have received. And in addition to that, they're also going to receiving uh, cards because many students aren't going to be able to have parties. So staff members have been dropping cards off and uh, it's just going to be a efficient way to get materials and uh, belongings to the students at the end of the year. Each student will receive two personalized magnets that will be put on their family vehicle for the parade. The personalized magnets have the student name, uh, class of 2020 Osakis High School on them. That's going to be a way to recognize their vehicles as they, they make their way through the parade route. At approximately 6.30, the graduation speeches will then be aired on KMGK 107.1. The graduation speeches, there are a total of five of them, um, where uh, the community will have a chance to, to hear from those, those students, much like they would have had we been able to be together in the gym. And after the ceremony is, or the speeches are complete, then Mr. Restley is going to play the national anthem. And from there, the parade will begin. So the parade is set to begin right around seven o'clock. It's very nice. And a very well thought out plan, if you ask me. It's taken a lot of people working together to make it possible. So that's, uh, that's, the, that's the thing that we often overlook. I mean, we're very fortunate to have a number of dedicated people that care about our school, care about our students, and uh, we're very appreciative of that. So Mr. Hoffarth, what's the walkthrough? So the walkthrough is one last opportunity for the graduates and their parents to have the opportunity to walk through the main north-south hallway of our building. We will do so with extreme social distancing in mind. So when the parade is finished, the cars will arrive on the south end of the building. Everybody will remain in their own vehicle. Then one family at a time, they will get out and they will they will walk through the building. We will have no more than 10 people in the building at one time, keeping social distancing between the families. Any staff members that will be in the building for supervision purposes to communicate, to keep people moving, will be wearing masks. Uh, there will be masks available for graduates and their families as well. And when they leave the building, on the north end of the building at high school entrance, they will receive their diploma. Their family vehicle will then be on the north end of the building because they'll have an extra driver with them uh, from their family. They'll, they'll have their picture taken, they'll get their diploma, they will then get their family vehicle and then they'll leave the, leave the school, school complex. That sounds like a very nice idea. All, all doors, all doors will be blocked open, so nobody will be touching any doors to walk through the building. And uh, again, we're 
we're working within all the guidelines in terms of social distancing. We're going to make sure that that is honored very closely. Well, I do hope this all goes smoothly. And with that, I think we should call it a wrap. All right. Thank you, Thomas. No, thank you, Mr. Alfarth. Thank you, everybody, for making this possible. We want to inform you that while the school year is momentarily leaving us, Silver Streak News is not. We plan to have three episodes over the course of the summer, one for each month, and the next will be released on June 18th. So mark your calendars and stay tuned. We also have another special announcement. Silver Streak News now has an email address, so you can contact us at silverstreaknews at osakis.k12.mn.us. And if you're interested in joining our wonderful team, we are looking for new members. And if you're interested, please contact us at the email provided. Until next time, I'm Logan. I'm Xander. I'm Maddie. And I'm Thomas. See you this summer. Bye. Bye.